All right, well, hey, good morning, New Life Church. Great to see you this morning on this first Sunday of this new year, 2019. How about that, 2019? Uh, what, uh, those were probably some of the most anointed announcements I've ever heard in my life. She said, I ain't going to preach. I'm not going to, it's not my Sunday to preach. And then what'd she do? She preached. But I have to give her credit. She preached one of the shortest sermons. <laughs> she beats me on that all day long. So <laughs> but uh, all the things that have been said, that have been prayed, that have been sung this morning, just uh, what a setup for this for this new Sunday, amen, this new year, what a setup, things to be reminded of, uh, you know, you go through 52 weeks out of a year, sometimes by the time you get uh, near the end of something, you can start to, uh, you can start to fade a little, you can, you, you're, you're wanting to get to the end, but you're like, man, I, I hope I can make it, and I, I want to be able to, to cross and, and do well, but you, it, it's good to be reminded as we, as, you know, as we start a new year, um, it, it generally at the start of something, it takes more, more energy and more effort uh, to get going. Uh, but then once you get moving, uh, that momentum kicks in. Uh, it's just, it's just, it's just kind of the natural law of, of physics there. Uh, but there is also the the natural, the supernatural law of God's spirit that when we give ourselves to Him and we put ourselves out there and we begin to take some steps of faith. God's spirit uh, and his word mixing into our lives helps us to gain some traction and to move forward. And so every year at the beginning of the new year, the first Sunday of, of the new year, we like to do something uh, and, and spend some time on what we call the new year blessing, the new year blessing. And we, we take our, our direction um, from, from a story uh, in the Old Testament, and we're going to cross it with the new um, but it's in Ezra chapter 7. So if you've got your Bibles or your smartphones or your whatever you're using, you can open up. These scriptures will also be on the screen uh, as well. And at, and at the end of, 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 of my message here shortly, um, then we're going to invite you forward. We want to pray for you. Uh, I, I'm only going to preach two hours today, so that's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> you're like, oh, crud. Uh, I should have left a while ago. No, I'm teasing. Uh, uh, I got to make up for a couple of weeks, you know, been out of town. So uh, I'm, I'm teasing. But, um, but anyway, uh, at, at the end of, of this message, we're going to invite you forward. And, and we want to pray for you. We want to pray a prayer. And we're going to pray a prayer together as well. There's going to be some, I guess, there's always liturgy in everything we do. But there's going to be a little more focused uh, liturgy in a few things that we do today as we pray and work, work uh, ourselves through this. Uh, text today. But Ezra chapter 7, let's look at a couple of verses here. Verse 6 <clears throat> says, this Ezra was a scribe who was well versed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given to the people of Israel. He came up to Jerusalem from Babylon, and the king gave him everything he asked for, because the gracious hand of the Lord his God was on him. And then verse 10, said this was because Ezra had determined to study and obey the law of the Lord and to teach those decrees and regulations to the people of Israel. And we're going to look at an, another Old Testament text here, the prophet Isaiah, uh, who was a few 
couple hundred years prior here, but it's in Isaiah 41, verse 10. And it's on the screen for a quick reference here. Uh, he says this. He's speaking this on behalf of what the Lord is uh, expressing to, to him for the people of Israel. He says, don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you, and I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. Let's pray over this text today. Oh God, we come before you and we're thankful for what you're saying. Thank you that, that, that you speak, and I pray, oh God, that we will hear. Today, as we start this new year together as a church family, as a community of faith in Christ Jesus, we give you ourself. We humble ourselves before you, Lord. I can sense and feel the, the expectancy and the anticipation that's in the, in the air amongst your people here today, that God, we are looking together to you. We look past the hills and we look to the Lord our God, from where our help comes from. We expect you this year, God, to move in our life. We're counting on you, God, to do it again. We're believing in you, Lord, to, to continue to reaffirm and reassure your word and your promises to our life. Not that we're just waiting back, kicking back, waiting on something to happen, but, Lord, we're resting in the fact of you and who you are. So, Lord, we give you our time and our attention and our hearts this morning, we're ready to hear, and we're ready to move with you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. So these two texts here, Ezra and Isaiah, come at a time when God's people are entering into a new thing. A beginning of a new year, beginning of a new season, the beginning of something different. A fresh start, if you will. And there's this... Um, thing here that Ezra was commissioned to do. He wanted to go back home as they were being released from Babylon, from captivity, a time of exile, and they were returning home, and God commissioned him to help lead the charge, to help rebuild the temple, and to reestablish God's word again in the people's lives. And, uh, and with Isaiah, again, coming at a time when God was reassuring his people that I haven't forgotten you. That I know you by name, that you are on my mind, that he sends this prophet, this, this prophetic word, this reminder to God's people that you can count on me, that you can, you can trust me, that you can put your life into my hands and I will sustain you, I will strengthen you, I will hold you in because my hand is victorious. And anything that deals with the hand of God leads to strength, leads to blessing, it leads to victory. And that is the best place that you want to have your life be, is in the hand of God. Amen? And that's the recurring, uh, reoccurring theme here in these, in these two stories of God's people, is, is the gracious hand of God upon their life. Ezra, it was repeated several times in that story as you go on to read about Ezra and what God calls him to do, that there's this common theme that keeps coming up and that is it says the gracious hand of God, the gracious hand of the Lord was firmly fixed upon him. 
And it, it was that way because of what Ezra had set himself up to do. Said that Ezra determined to study and to obey God's word. In other words, Ezra had said, I'm going to aim my life to be in agreement, God, with whatever you want me to do. Whatever you want my life to do, however you want me to do it, uh, I don't have to know all the ins and outs. I don't have to know the full details of the plan. I don't have to have all the nuts and bolts together at this moment. All I need to know is that you're with me and that you're calling me and you're going to help me. And if that's the case, then God, I'm with you. I'm going to be on board with whatever you have for my life. It may not always be easy. It was not an easy task. As you go on and read Ezra and Nehemiah, the difficulties that they had to, that they had to navigate through, the, uh, the, the people talk, uh, you know, on the outside looking in, things were not that favorable in, in some cases for them to be able to just have a peaceful track along the way. But nonetheless, you see throughout God's hand on their life, God helping them, God sustaining them, God blessing them, and God giving them favor, etc. And you see how the plan of God was able to continue to be fleshed out in the lives of God's people. Just because they said, I'm going to obey you. I'm, I'm going to aim my life to be in agreement with you. And you know, that's really what God's looking for in his people year after year, season after season. You go through some things, you come out of some things. You come from something, you enter into something. What is God looking for? He's looking for a heart in people who will just say, I'm with you. I'm going to keep trusting you. I'm going to keep following you. I'm not going to stop on you. I'm not going to turn my back on you. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep carrying on with you, Lord, because you are faithful. I mean, the th think about the, the songs that we sang this morning, the, just the reassurance, the reminders that, that God, great is his faithfulness, that he has, he has proven himself to be faithful time and time and time again. Does that mean we, we won't ever have to experience anything bad or, or painful? No, uh, we've, we've given, given uh, credence to that this morning. We've acknowledged that that happens in our life. That, that God's people go through seasons and times of, of difficulty and, 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 um, and, and suffering. And, 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 it, and as hard as that is to swallow, the, the, the theme that God continues to reverberate from the heavens to earth is that I'm still faithful. That I'm still faithful. Because he's going to see you through whatever it is. If we'll put our hand in his hand and put our life in his hand, he will see that we make it. And that is the common theme here, and, and that's the thing that I, that I want to get across to us today, that God wants to get across to us today, is like Ezra, like guys like Isaiah. And you may be thinking, man, well, what about, they got Bible names. I mean, they have, they, they have chapters named after them. What, they were special. They were obviously, yeah, duh, they're going to do it. What about me? Where, where, what about my life? I mean, I, my name is not the heading of a chapter in the book of the Bible. So what about me, you know? And the thing about it is this. None of these people in this, in this book were perfect. You could go through uh, and line them up and you could read through their history and you could see all their different faults. You could see all their different weaknesses. You could see all their different shortcomings. I mean, all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff. Stuff that you and I have attached to us as well in our past. Things that are in our patterns of, and cycles of life as well. Nothing special about them. The difference, it comes down to like what guys like Isaiah, guys like Ezra and others who just said, Lord, I'm going to aim 
my life to be in agreement with you. I'm just going to be in agreement with you. I don't have to know it all. I don't have to be in control. I don't have to have all the answers from, from beginning to end, end to beginning, etc. I'm just going to put my life in agreement with what you want. And that, and that in, 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 in doing that, you see through the story of Ezra, we'll learn about a few things here, and that is that his gracious hand, the gracious hand of God was on him. And there's some things that God's hand brings to God's people's life. And I'm not going to go through the details of the story. We're not going to walk through it verse to verse today. But I just want to point out five things, what I call the five fingers of God as, as, a, as, the, as it relates to the story here in Ezra and how it affects our life today and what God's gracious hand can bring to our life. You see this in Ezra's story. First thing is God's hand on our life. His gracious hand brings his favor. His gracious hand brings his favor. That's God's divine influence that no person can stop. When God decides to extend favor on a person's life, that does not matter anything in this earthly realm. Nothing can stop it. It does not matter the title, the power, the, the position, the influence, the prestige. When God's finger touches a person's life and says, I grant favor on them, nothing can stop it. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Perhaps you've seen and experienced God's favor in your life. Where there were perhaps opposition against you, maybe there was some there was some things standing in your way. There was some some seasons in your life where you wondered, "How am I going to get through that?" For all of that to happen, this would happen. This would have to happen. All these dots and all these T's would have to be crossed. All these I's would have to be dotted. All of these things would have to come together. And there's no way in your own power, in your own wisdom, could you make it happen. Yet God's favor extended causes it to be there's just no way to explain it other than it's his divine influence in our life i want his divine influence working in my, in my life it's not it, it's not like you know the lottery it, it's not you know like going to the casino and pulling the one-armed bandit or any of that stuff and hoping that that kind of stuff happens god doesn't play in that with us here's the thing we trust him and he's sovereign, and he's supernatural, and he knows what is right and what is best for our life, and he knows when and the season and the timing on how to make it all come together. But we have to put our life in agreement with what he wants. It's not what we might want, it's what God wants. And his hand on our life brings his divine influence. Here's another thing. His hand on our life can bring completion. His completion. God's plan in our life will continue until it's completed. That I'll get to where God wants me to be, I'll become who God wants me to be, and I'll finish what God has for my life. In 2019, amen, we want to be where God wants us to be. We want to become who God wants us to be for this year, and we want to finish what he commissions us to do in this 2019. I know we, some of us, we may have 5, 10, 15, 25, 30-year plans, et cetera, et cetera, depending on where you're at and your personality and how, how prepared you are for a lot of different things or whatever it might be. But here's the thing. Just focus on this year right now. Think about today. Think about this year. The future does matter. But here's the thing. We don't know what's beyond today. So let's live this year 
focus, God, I want whatever you want for me to happen. I'm in agreement with you, so you will help me to grow this year. You will help me to change this year. Amen. You will help me to not be whatever it is that, that we know doesn't line up with God's character, the Christ-likeness of God in us, and we we're willing to change, we're willing to grow, we're willing to let go of stuff. Amen. I know some habits die hard. And some of us are here today and we find ourselves in a unique season of life right now. Never been here before. It's new. It's never, don't know how to act. Don't know what to think. Let God shape you in that. Don't try to fabricate it. Don't try to manipulate it. Don't try to think your way through it all. Let the leading of the Holy Spirit work mold fashion and shape don't don't feel like you got to be a certain way for a certain thing at a certain time when you've never been there and done that before some of you are in a season of retirement and transition there some of you are in a season of of coming out of of being alone and you're around other people and back to family again some of you are in a season where you're distant and you're you're disconnected uh, by proximity from other people in your family. You're in a unique place. Some of you are entering into a new season of school, an education, a new job. A lot of different news for some people. Some of you, you're in different places and new things. Here's the thing. Just let the Holy Spirit bring things together. I don't know who all that's for. That wasn't on my notes today. But let the Spirit of God work in you that way. That let Quit trying to figure it out. Quit trying to think your way through it and faith your way through it. Faith your way through it. Letting God have control. That's for me too. I needed that. Here's another thing. Number three. You guys still with me? Okay. I got to move along. The hand of God brings encouragement. Nobody probably ever needs encouragement, so I'll just skip that one. Oh, no? Don't skip that one? encouragement it's God's strength and courage for life's journey yeah we need that right the hand of God on our life he brings he brings his strength and he brings his courage to rise up within us for what lies ahead number four another thing is this God's hand brings help God's hand brings help God sends the right help my way at the right time those are just some awesome stories. All of us probably have a few different ones we could probably say and think of that come to mind. That, that man, I don't know how it happened, but God knew exactly what I needed, what I needed. And he sent the help my way at the right time. Anybody ever been there before? That it's like, man, I, there's just no way you could script it. There's just, there's just no way you could, you could try to, you know, uh, create that on your own. It's on, only God can make that happen. Only God can make that happen. You know, you faith it till you make it. You faith it till you make it. I like that. I give credit via text message from Elder Thomas there. Came to me just now. <laughs> so you got to be careful what you think on the back row. I know exactly. I, fe I feel you. I feel you. And 
number five, we'll, we'll hit with this, end with this part here. God's hand brings his care. We're delicate. Four was help. One was favor, two was completion. Three was encouragement. Four is help. Five is God's care. We are such fragile creatures. We are. Man, on some of our best days, nothing can stop us. And on our worst days, we're down. <laughs> right? We need God's protection. We need his safety. We need his salvation. And that's a re- constant reminder throughout our days that we can't save ourselves. If we could, folks, we would all be perfect. We wouldn't have a care in the world or a problem to face if we could save ourselves. We wouldn't have a sin that would set us back. Nothing if we could save ourselves. We would love with the purest of hearts. We would be the most patient people on the planet if we could save ourselves. But we need a Savior. God's hand is a reminder that He saves. He saves. How do we aim our life to be in agreement with God? I'm glad you asked. It's a good question to ask. The Bible tells us in James 4, and it was, it was brought up this morning, we come close to God, draw near to God. God comes close to us. He draws near to us. It's not a religion. It's not, it's not you know, you, you do this, you do that, and everything else works out. You, it's, it's faith. It's drawing near to the Lord. James 4, 8 tells us, come close to God. God comes close to us. Wash our hands, purify our hearts. Don't divide our, our loyalty between God and the world. Other translations say don't be double-minded. Don't divide your loyalty between God and the world. Quit giving yourself to both. It's impossible. It's impossible to do that. It's impossible to do that. Decide today, in this beginning of the new year, make a decision. Go with God or go with the world. It's your choice. No one else can make it for you. No one else can, you know, can be there to hold your hand and, and tell you what to do your whole life. No, you've got to decide. You've got to decide which way you're going to go. Don't divide your loyalty. But the promise is this. You draw near to God, he draws near to you. He draws near to you. It's not about being perfect. It's not about having all of your life together and, and cleaning yourself up and making yourself presentable and all these different things, wearing the, the fashion pieces of religion to make yourself feel good about approaching God. No, God wants you ugly and out of shape and messed up. He's the one who beautifies us, forms us into the right shape, and causes us to make our life make sense again. Come to him jacked up, messed up. So, how do we do that? Well, the Bible leads us through a few different things, talks about these things a lot. First is this, confession. Got to acknowledge you, you have faults, right? You got to acknowledge I've got some shortcomings, you know, recognize I have fallen short in 2018. I fell short in 2018. No shame in my game because you recognize you fell short. The Bible tells us this in Romans 3.23. Paul says, all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. Everybody. So don't think 
there's one person who has arrived on this planet with Christ, on this earth. No, that doesn't happen. Acknowledge it. Acknowledge your faults, weaknesses, and shortcomings, and then be willing to actually confess them before God. Because that's the only way that you will open up your heart to receive the forgiveness that God so desperately wants to give your aching heart. Every single one of us. So let's take a moment. I'm going to invite you to bow your heads, close your eyes. Don't think about lunch as you now start to think about lunch because I told you not to think about lunch. Take a moment, all of us. Self-examine your heart. Nobody else can read your mind. No one else is here today thinking about you. Or if you are, you should stop. Stop thinking about what other people are thinking or what other people are doing. Focus on you. Take a moment. Let's self-examine our heart, our shortcomings. Because God wants to help us. feel uncomfortable <laughs> sometimes silence can do that sometimes silence is also good the good news is whatever you thought about faults weaknesses shortcomings if it brought guilt if it brought shame if it brought regret we don't have to live here anymore that's the freedom we have in Christ that's the freedom we have in Christ, which leads us to the next thing, and that's forgiveness. You have confession in the heart, but you also have, you can gain forgiveness deep in the heart. Hebrews 4.16 and 1 John 1.9 combined say this right here. Come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain and receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And if we confess our sins to him, to Christ, he is faithful and he is just. To forgive us our sins. Faithful and just to forgive our sins. And to cleanse us from all wickedness. The heart of man is wicked. The heart of humanity is wicked. And we need the forgiveness of God to wipe away the stains of our souls. So not only when we come close to God and we draw near to him. He draws near to us and he says wash your hands. Purify your heart. That's about confession, acknowledgement, and it's about receiving forgiveness, but it doesn't stop there. It carries on to the next thing that really gives you the, the, the substance to gain traction in your faith walk on this earth with Jesus Christ, and that is repentance. Repentance from the heart. David penned these words in a prayer of repentance in Psalm 51. He prayed to the Lord, 
He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. There it is again. Make me willing to obey you. That's what Ezra set out to do. And because Ezra set out to obey God, aim his life to be in agreement with God, you see God's gracious hand come upon Ezra that brought him favor, completion, encouragement, help, and care. I want to lead you guys in a prayer this morning. And then, as I told you, I'm going to invite you forward and we're just we're going to pray over you. We're not going to like take forever to pray for you. I don't want you to be like you're going to I'm going to trap and going to be here for another hour or something. Um, we're the instructions out that give to the folks who are helping us pray. We're going to just basically we're going to pray a prayer of faith in agreement with this prayer that you're about to pray that we're all going to pray together. And we're just going to lay our hands on you as as leaders in the church to seal God's promise and God's word in your life for this new year, the new year of prayer and blessing. So I'm going to ask you, uh, these also, these are going to, these are available if you'd like to, love to encourage you to take one, that you can pick one up on your way out this morning at the Connect area there, the back of the room here, and you can take one of these home. It says the 2019 New Year Blessing Prayer, and it's what we're about to pray. And uh, you can take this home and you can have it with you uh, for the year and keep it with you as a, as a reminder and, um, and as, just as a, as a way to help you. As we begin this 21 days of prayer and fasting that starts tomorrow, you'll go to our website, newlifechurchofjackson.org. <coughs> Excuse me, newlifechurchofjackson.org. And you'll see there on the, on the homepage, you can hit, uh, you'll see the devotionals. And you can click those, and every day for the next 21 days, there will be a daily devotional uh, that you can pull down and, uh, and you can read and you can work through and you can pray and have that kind of set your day and set your, set your life up each, each, uh, every 24 hours for you throughout the week. So uh, for the next three weeks, those will be on the website, and that's how, how we want to get that across to you, that you can get that, and plus you have this prayer to take home. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask you, let's stand. And uh, if you're able to stand, let's stand, and I'm going to just lead you through this prayer. It's not a real long prayer, but it gets to the point that if you want your life to be in agreement with what God has for you this year, you don't even know everything that he has, but you just want to trust him, and you want to obey him, and you want to walk in that with him, then I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer after me, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you in this. bow our heads begin to say this with me Father God I come boldly to your throne of grace I acknowledge my faults weaknesses and shortcomings I ask you to forgive me deep in my heart I forgive those who have wronged me as I have wronged you I ask you to forgive me create in me a clean heart oh God and renew a right spirit within me restore to me 
the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Wash me and I will be clean. Clean me and I will be free. Free me and I will be forever yours. I am your child. You are my God. I aim my life in your direction for this year, 2019. I agree with what you want to do in my life. May your gracious hand be upon me that brings favor, completion, encouragement, help, and care from your hand to my life. In Jesus' name, amen.